0: As we enter into this season of Advent, uh, uh, this, is the, uh, uh, this is the start of the season of Advent. Advent means the coming, the coming of the Lord. As we remember the coming of Jesus in His first coming, we look forward to His second coming. We live in between the two comings of Jesus. A lot of things that we need to, we need to be aware of uh, the Lord has revealed that already uh, in His words. It is for us to lay hold of. We've been talking about power, power that is uh, made available to us as God's people, the power of faith, yeah, the power of prayer, and today we want to look at the power of covenant. I know that exactly around this time last year, huh, we talked about covenant in a series of sharing about eight weeks. But I'd like to... I'd like to bring our attention to a little bit uh, the different aspect of covenant. Now, let me just quickly uh, recap. For those of us who are in Desert Stream, you've been following the, the series on covenant, God relates to man, that is all of us in covenant, after the fall of man, right? God relates, God used covenant to relate to, to, to mankind because of sin, you see. Because of sin, we, God cannot relate to us freely as He wants. A lot of times that we, we take literally an unqualified statement about God. God can do all things. But there are certain things that God cannot do. God cannot relate to mankind who is filled with sin. Sinful man, He cannot relate just like that. So He needed to... He, he, he he has the whole concept of a covenant. We talked much about it over eight weeks, I and mean, am not going to go into much of it anymore. But just want to let me pick it up. Godly covenants cover and protect. Right? Godly covenants cover and protect. In fact, God has created established the idea of covenant now to also describing uh, interpersonal relationship, right? Like marriage covenant, right? Marriage is a covenant, right? So, marriage covenant. What about covenants in terms of intercommunity? community? Uh, today, we, we worship Jesus. We welcome King Jesus. We remember King Jesus. When we mention a king, there must be a kingdom, right? That's right. You mention a king, there must be a kingdom. And we are part of God's kingdom. Now, when there is a kingdom... That how is that relationship being governed, huh? Through covenant again, okay? Through covenant again, even in the earthly kingdom. Now, we are Malaysian. I I just have kind a of quick glance. All of us are Malaysian. Uh, perhaps those are online. There are some of us are not. But if we, as we are Malaysian, we come. We there is a there is a there is a. Um, the way that we relate to one another is spelled out in writing. Otherwise, a nation cannot, cannot be uh, in, uh, in existence. Now, you know, Malaysia, we have this, uh, the five pillars of our nation building, right? It's call Rugun Negara, right? There's five. I'm not going to ask us to recite it, Okay. <laughs> Rugun negara is uh, is, the, is the pillar foundation of our nation building. Now, what is the rugun negara of Kerajaan Allah? Do you realize that the kingdom of God has also the rugun negara? What do you think, huh? What is the rugun negara of uh, of uh, of the kingdom of God? the pillar for the nation building of the kingdom of God on earth? Those are online. You can type it in also if you have the answer. Right? Uh, Because there's a lack, uh, so I need to give some time to the online community. uh, And I don't don't see any any answer coming. Okay. Now, the Rukun Negara of... of the Gerajan Allah, huh? the, the kingdom of God, is the Ten Commandments. Isn't it so? It's the Ten Commandments. It is written. You know, the law, sometimes we, we, we misunderstood. Huh? The, we, 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 once we buck up the wrong tree, we will never get the right fruit. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of people has been barking up on the wrong trees. Ah, Old Testament, all oh laws, do verse da-da-da, oh, oh, all these bondages, oh, I don't want to do with any oh, Old Testament. So sometimes I ask questions, why don't you tear out your Bible, you take the Old Testament, you tear it out, you burn it. You don't need to use it. Ma. Then why still carry a big Bible, carry a smaller Bible, lighter some more, using up less space on your laptop also, on your, on your handphone. No. It is not about not about do and don'ts. It is about a creation of relationship with God who is in heaven, with man who is on earth. And it defines a relationship between man and man. You know, you know. in the Old Testament, the, the, the law of God was not written, right? What is the first law that was written and with the finger of God? The... Ten Commandments. Wow. Did you think it was a small thing? No, I, 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 I personally do not think it was a small thing. Then when God was given this, uh, uh, this, 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 this law, Ten Commandments uh, to Moses, and He spoke from heaven. I don't know how God's voice sounds, uh, but in the movies, uh, you always say that, you shall love the Lord your God. Maybe, maybe something like that, but I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure how, how it sounds like, but as he has written as he said it, he used his own finger to write it. It is written. It is cast in stone. It is the foundation of the kingdom of God. And that was the beginning of a, of a written a written, uh, written covenantal relationship between God and man. Wow. It was a sacred moment, my dear friends. It was so sacred. But at the same time, something was happening. We're going to look at it later. So, godly countenance cover and protect, but what about ungodly countenance? Ungodly countenance hold men in bondage. We look at the characteristics of countenance, whether it's godly or ungodly, it has the same effect. As I always say, that the devil has nothing original. He used. He used demonic covenants to hold man in bondage. Where did he get the idea from? He got the idea from God. You see, that God has created the whole world. God has created covenant in a world that is filled with sin and darkness. We have looked at how God established His covenant to protect the whole mankind through Noah, and that from that time onwards, it was covenant to, that protects, that covers. They bind people to one another in commitment, in accountability. Till death do we part. That kind of seriousness. And the devil knows it. They said this is very convenient, it's very powerful. The devil knows the power of covenant. So he created all kinds of demonic covenants so that men will be held in bondage. The nature of an ungodly covenant. Let's look at some of the natures of ungodly covenant. Right, because the time we can only look at, I I just pick out a few that is that is, uh, uh, that is so important to us to to be aware of, then uh, that we uh, we um, um, that we want to uh, focus on. Now, God, a covenant binds party two parties together. As I say, till death do we part. That is the seriousness of the of the covenant in the highest order. Of course, of course, in the Old Testament you see there are different degree of covenant, but nonetheless, it is all serious. They all have severe consequences if those covenantal promises are broken. In, it is binding even though obtained through deception. Covenants are binding even through even it is obtained through deception. Let's look at Joshua chapter 9, verse 19 to verse 20. Now, if you if you are interested, you can read through the entire book of Joshua chapter seven, eight, and nine. Joshua chapter seven, eight, and nine. It basically, the Lord it revealed His words. Uh, in His words, it is all about covenant. You know how how God when 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 the people of Israel when they enter into the land of Canaan, they they took Jericho by storm, right? By the power of God, by the hand of God, they took Jericho. So they were so there was so. They you are know, so, so, uh, so confident. They went to see, they take the city of Ai, A-I, Ai. And uh, they saw, they, spent lots, they sent a lot of spies, this is a small city. So the spy came back and uh, strategized and put forth a military strategy that only makes sense. Is that no need to go in. So Ai is a small place. Compared to Jericho, it's so small. Okay, so, so, so let us, let us just send about, a Few thousand, uh. a few thousand people, but not knowing that before that, there is this guy called Achan. The Chinese call him Achan. So, uh, Achan, Achan, Achan disobey the word of God. Right? I'm just gonna sum it up because be we're not gonna focus on Achan to uh today, right? So, so he God said he must destroy everything. Oh, so he saw, why oh, yo, so this fat lambla, this fat animal, why destroy them? So Cassian, you know, so <laughs> so it's so nice. Wow, this one, uh, the bangles are so nice. Take for my wife la, you know, the kind of thing. So he he kept some for himself, and God will say no, you have broken covenant with me. Now, this is the word of God, huh? This is what God said. He he did not only say that he, he said that you, have, you have you have sinned, you disobey me but you also violated my covenant. It was a covenantal, a covenantal relationship. So Israel sent a few thousand men, go and fight, 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 fight. Wow, this time, uh, cannot chase like, like ran back like, like, like dogs with tails in between their legs. So Joshua said, what happened? We could take Jericho, but we cannot take I. How can I be more powerful than Jericho? Does not make sense? Then God, he was so distraught. He, 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 he laid down on his face and God came to him and said, why are you lying down on your face? Stand up, he said. Let me tell you why. So long and short of it, they found out Achan and Achan was stoned to death. Then after that, they repented of the sin now. So after that, they sent out 30,000 men. This time with a strategy, also, the strategy took out just like that because God was with them. So right after that, end of chapter, chapter 8, right, end of chapter 8. And so, there was, it was a whole chunk of the scripture that was described. Don't miss details like, like that. The word of God is never recorded for nothing. It is the word of God. Oh. How can he? Yes, don't know what, that, what it was there for they renewed their covenant with God. It was 7, chapter 8, they renewed the covenant with God. And then, chapter 9. Chapter 9 was this, that they met with a group of people. There's, there's a, a very powerful city called Gibeon. The, Gibeon. the Gibeon are the high rights. They were, on, one of, they were on, the, on, the, on the hit list of God. God said, you go to the land of Canaan, you get these people out, the Jebusite, the Canaanites, the high the, the Hittites. So the Gibeonites knew about the power of God and how powerful these people are because they are in covenant, godly covenant with, with Yahweh, the with God of the universe. So they were afraid. They heard stories. So what did they do? They were actually not too far away, only three-day journey. From Al, So they disguise themselves, they take some, some bread, old bread, uh, moldy bread, old wine skin, all torn clothes, and uh, they send a contingent. They go and meet Joshua and the leaders of Israel. They say, Oh, we have covered a long way, we come a long way, please make a covenant with us. You don't attack us. So Joshua said, Where did he come from? A long way, long way, wait. So they say, Wait, 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 very far away. Alright, very far away. So um, so Joshua say, let's see, let's see. Prove to me that you're from long. You see this bread uh, Wow, this bread like moldy like anything, like become like a stone. And this bread when we started off was fresh or still warm. On. Look at this. Look at our wineskin, look at our clothes. Then they estimated you no, know, they uh, they didn't have calculated, but they, they estimated how many days journey they must have traveled. It must be a long way, long way. Calculated it is outside our territory, oh. Uh, can I? I make a covenant with you. So they make a covenant already. Then they realize, uh, ayo, They are only living three days away. They are only actually in in uh, in Inanam, you know. There, so it walk like walk, it walk three days. Maybe a bit further, maybe they are only in mengkata. My goodness, what have we done? They are are within the territory that God has given to us. They are on on God's hit list. So, chapter 9, verse 19 to verse 20. Then, let's read together. Then all the rulers say to all the congregations, we have sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. Now therefore, we may not touch them. This we will do to them. We will let them live lest their wrath be upon us because of the oath which we swore to them, you see. Even though they were deceived into making this um, covenant, but if you break it, less wrath will come upon us. And w- in verse 22, Joshua 9, verse 22. Now, then Joshua called for them and he spoke to them saying, Why have you deceived us? Saying we are very far from you when you dwell near us, it was a deception. Does it nullify the covenant? No, my dear friends. You see what happened is this: that when the end, when the devil comes to man, he deceives us. He deceived our forefathers into worshiping him. He brings calamity. This calamity was not brought by him; was brought by it was brought by our sins. And he said, "I can help. I can help." Huh? Sometimes you look at this, uh, I don't know, different group of people in the society, say, I can help you, I can help you. But this is what you need to do. You know, sign this, you sign this here. Wow, there so, were sicknesses. Financial misfortune. Relationship breaking down. Life disintegrating. The enemy came with deception and lies said, I can promise you a better life. If you do this and do this, if you worship me, if you bow down and worship me, if you bring me sacrifice every year, every month, if you are willing to sacrifice your descendants, after all, what hope do you have? What hope do you have? Why do you hold on to your whatever belief that you have? The enemy came to us to our ancestor and establish those godly, ungodly covenant through deception. So sometimes people, you know, we, we pray for people, people say, ayah, actually I don't believe one. Actually, only my ancestor, lah. They don't, I don't believe one. My dear friends, those are not just buying down, not just belief, it was covenant. There were bloodshed, There were offerings made, There was altar made, right? Altars erected. Do you think those are just physical altars? Those are not just physical altars, those are spiritual altars that well, spiritual power. Because our ancestors or in our lives, whatever altar you go to, Chinese altar, Taoist altar, whatever altar that you go to, the Bormot altar, the altar next to the tree on the rock, in, in a mountain somewhere in Saba. Whatever sacrifice is made on those altars, it is establishes. A covenant that binds. If you break this covenant, what, 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 what will happen? Wrath will come upon you. The enemy therefore gain the right and say that, hey, remember me? You have a covenant with me. You have a covenant with me. You think you can just break covenant like that? The enemy, the devil will come to God. God, this one you can protect not. You cannot protect because He has a covenant with me. The whole idea of covenant came from God. The enemy used it against us. So sometimes you pray, you pray, you pray. Huh? God is so powerful. His presence comes when we worship the Lord, when we ask God to, to descend upon the but while, We feel the presence of God. We feel there a, there's a relief in our spirit. But as soon as you step out from that atmosphere, the enemy comes demanding his covenantal rights. And you cry out to God, God help me. The devil say, This have this one have a covenant with me. Is it God cannot say to the ungodly covenants, I, I don't respect. I respect godly covenants only. It doesn't work like that, my dear friends. In the spiritual realm, it doesn't work like that. Even though there is, it was obtained through deception, it still binds. Let's go on. Time is catching up. God has no part in it, number two. Any ungodly covenant, God has no part in it. It doesn't follow God's uh, 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 principle. It does not. It's not not. It does not, it's even not guided by by God. Never say that you know my ancestor worship this thing, this thing, this thing, uh, because God led him to it. Oh, yo. No. It is about covenant, my dear friends, my dear brother and sisters in Christ. Joshua chapter 9, verse 14. Then, let's read together. Then the men of Israel took some of their provision, they tested, uh, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. They took things into their own hands. That depends on their own rationale, own analytical skills alone. They did not ask the counsel of the Lord. They did not seek revelation from the Lord. So they say, it makes sense, man. Everything is very logical. You do this, you get this. They are so far away. Where could, you know, I, I, I don't know about you. In my life, whenever I don't ask counsel of the Lord, I get a mess out of my life. There are quite a few, to be honest. In fact, quite a couple of dozen of time. The word of God never fails. I said, how can you be wrong? I calculated it so soon. Huh? But it, I never asked of the Lord. When I asked already, I was too quick to come out from God's presence. I never wait for him to speak to me. As God, you got to answer me. Next 10 seconds, you've got to answer me. Or next 10 minutes. Because time is catching up. Ten more minutes before 10 o'clock, I must end my sermon. God got to answer me. No, God doesn't work like that. God has no part in it. Number three, it's biding on those under the authority of the makers of the covenant. Sometimes we feel that, ah, yeah, like my ancestor made the covenant, Ma. nothing to do with me, uh. Today I don't worship that anymore. But what happened to the altar? Destroy already. What happened to the spiritual altar? Don't know. You see, majority of us do not know what happened to the spiritual altar, that the spiritual covenant that our ancestor has made. In chapter, uh, in, in Joshua chapter ten, verse six. Let's read together. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp at... uh, Joshua chapter 9. Eh, Sorry. Sorry. Joshua chapter 9, verse 18. Okay. Thank you, uh, Ashley. Okay. Let's read together. But the children of Israel did not attack them because the rulers of the congregation had sworn to them by the Lord God of Israel. And all the congregation complained against the rulers. You see, who made the covenant with the Gibeonites? Joshua and the rulers, right? The leaders, right? So the people, Israel, those who are under the authority of Joshua and the rulers, wanted to attack them. Hey, this one, uh, just three days away. God say, get them out. But they cannot. So they complained against the rulers because it is not only binding on the rulers, it is binding on those under the authority. When our ancestors made a demonic pact, with the demonic power, my dear friends. It is binding on all the all descendants. How to, how to, you know, we can say that the, 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 the Word of God says God will visit the iniquities of the Father up to the third and fourth generation, but I'm the fifth gen- generation. You see, the covenant, whether it's godly or ungodly, it is to be reaffirmed every time. Today we are coming to celebrate the Holy Communion. See, we come to celebrate an already finished covenant, a covenant between us and God that is already completed, that is already done due. But we come here not to cer- not to create the covenant again, but to celebrate it. What we're doing is that we are reaffirming the covenant. So how do demonic covenants being reaffirmed through festivals, through simple more? through offerings, through the Chinese call, the first day and 15 days of the lunar calendar, time to worship, time to offer a sacrifice to heaven and to earth. It is through all the festivals. Now, our dear sisters, uh, Christy just came back from Penang. When she was there, there was a huge festival. It was no more than just cultural It was spiritual. It was re-establishing, reaffirming that covenant. I shared a verse before, those of us who are on the power station in Haiti. Haiti is a a country that is hugely affected by voodoo. Although they, they even had a former priest as a president, but nothing stopped that voice of the ungodly covenant. The whole of the Ungodly Covenant on the entire nation, just because they set up some churches in Haiti, it doesn't mean that they are free from the voices, from the demands of the Ungodly Covenant. Just recently, I was told, 2nd of November, All Souls Day. How did they celebrate All Souls Day? All Souls Day is a, is a, is a Christian Christian uh, day. huh? How do they do that? What did they do? They worshipped their voodoo gods. They, they, they re-enacted a voodoo rituals on the national level to commemorate All Souls Day. I leave it to the rest of us to conclude. Is it going to bring blessing upon this nation just because they pray for Jesus? Pray to Jesus. So, it was, it is was binding on those who are under the authority of the makers of covenant. It's more than just binding. It has a voice. It has an influence. It has have, it have a slun, no? You kind of, a, you know, people want to walk like that. It's put you, it's slant you. Now, I don't know whether we have, we have this experience when you go to a supermarket. No? You push those trolley. Tro- now, I don't want to mention which which market is. One of the market always are very careful in choose, choosing the trolley, because some, some trolley you, you push, uh, it doesn't go straight one. You need to go like the sideways, eh? so all the time you you, you turn uh, out. The best way to push is like that, you know, side, side way, not 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 straight. So if you try to push straight, uh, there is something there is a power <laughs> that is swaying you away from being straight. So you need to. Put a lot of energy, hold it like that and like, walk like that in order to go straight. After a while, you get tired. What do you do? Go, okay, la, we'll go like that. La. <laughs> Especially if you have a bag of rice inside and all these kind of things, like you, you go singing, never mind. So you go singing, you go through the, the very narrow aisle. This, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge, right? So you go to push straight again. So you push slowly. But as long as you go to the open space of when you can, wow, it's free. You can run for it. You run, to go like that. The demonic covenants, the ungodly covenants has the influence of all our descendants. You want to go straight, you want to worship Jesus, something happened. You want to you want to you want to walk in the righteousness of God. There is this 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 pool. Come back. The enemy is intimidating pressuring, you know, deceiving, confusing us to walk in the way of the Lord. Some people are struggling. Have you ever found that you, 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 sometimes you struggle in worshipping God? Huh? We're reading the Bible. In listening to the Word of God, that is, at least it was like a lullaby to you. No, there's nothing, nothing wrong with your faith. My dear friends, nothing wrong with your physical body. There was something of a demonic, ungodly countenance who is putting you, causing you to go like that. You try very hard. Now, I've seen people who are like that in every church that I go to, in every congregation that I preach. I don't, I don't specifically look for people like that, but I just took one glance. It's just like throughout the time when God is present, there is something that is pulling the person. Sometimes they're very honest with me and said, Hey, Pastor, I'm so sorry. That's how I was completely absent. I say, It's okay. I understand it very fully. You dare to come and talk to me like that. That means that you did not intend to do that. It is completely, I completely understand. So, what do we do, my dear friends? What do we do? Do we, do we allow this thing continue to go on like that in our lives? No, surely not. Do we allow the influence to, you know, that kind of demonic calmness continue to call out to our to our to our descendants? Surely not. Surely not. That is why we need to do something. Okay, let's look at the fourth the fourth uh, uh, characteristics uh, of the uh, nature. Uh, first aspect of the nature of the ungodly covenant, uh, it, draw, it draws those under the bondage of the covenant into battles not their own. Okay? If you look at Joshua chapter 10, verse 6, right? It, let's read together. And the man of Gibeon sent to Joshua at the camp at Gilgal, saying, Do not forsake your servants. Come up to us quickly. Save us and help us for all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the mountains have gathered together against us. You see, the, king, the, the five kings of uh, Amorites heard about the, the Gibeonites making a pact, a covenant with Israel. Now, the, the Gibeonites were not a small, a small people, a small city. They were very powerful. They were very prosperous. Wow, they gang up, then we are gone. So the five kings gathered together and said, let's join our forces, form an alliance, let's attack the Gibeonites, Destroy them before Israel and the Israelites and Gamalites become too strong. So the Gibeonites sent an SOS to the people, to, to, uh, to, to Joshua, do not forsake us, come quickly. It was not Israel's battle, not the time anyway. But they were drawn into it. They were drawn into it. Of course, later on we read that they actually. You know, just get rid of just defeated the five kings of Amorite, just like that. But sometimes we in in our lives like that, we, we 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 are we are we are being drawn into a lot of battles that is not our own. The victory in these battles does not, is not a, is not an indication that there is no influence of ungodly or demonic countenance in our lives. Sometimes we just feel that we just see the Christians or, or, or Christian leaders or, or or, or pastor or, or food, that we, are, we become so tired. Tired doing what? Doing God's work. How can you do God's work and become so, so tired? God is not a slave master. Oh, God is our father. We need, to, we need to fight battles that is not, you see, there is this, 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 uh, this uh, 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 result. Ungodly comments will always draw people into battles that they're not supposed to fight. Either in your own personal life or in other people's life. Sometimes I look at it, I say, Some, God, I say, something must be wrong. How come Christians, when they get involved in ministry, they're so tired? Young people are afraid to come to the church and serve because, oh, you see how this pastor on deal. Uh, black eye and all that. Huh? You know, you know, in 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 uh, in, uh, in, in, uh, uh, in in America, the most stress, stressful profession is the pastoral ministry. I'm serious. I'm serious. And uh, why? Because there are just far too many battles that are not supposed to be fought by us. We are fighting it. But God is gracious, you see. God is so gracious. Sometimes we take the grace of God as the endorsement from God that your situation is okay. My dear friends, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if God is gracious to us, it's simply because He loves us. It is a theme that runs through the Old Testament. I can just mention a few things. One of the things is this, that when, you know, when... uh, when uh, when uh, uh, in numbers, I think it's the numbers 11. I think uh, so. It, that, that when when the people of Israel complains, and no meat la. No, we we have we have we have bawang putti. We have uh, garlic la, in Israel la. Uh, In in, uh, in, uh, in Egypt la. Before we came out, uh, we eat those food for free. When we go for free, they were slaves. We go for free, there was no free lunch. They they they, they subject their lives and the lives of all their descendants to the covenant of slavery. And so they could eat fish from the River Nile. And, and uh, garlic, I always find so amused. Garlic, oh. They, they, they miss garlic, oh. Do you miss garlic, Huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's why people eat garlic pills, eh, because they like don't eat garlic. But these guys miss garlic. So Moses was so distracted, you see, not his, not, not, not his battle, which he said rightly, God, did I, be, did, I be, did I father these people? Ah? Why do you make me carry them like my children? Ah? So God said, okay, you tell the people of Israel, this is what I'll do. I will give you meat to eat until it comes out from your nose. Hey, go and read number is 11 now. Huh? This is exactly what God said. When it's ready, I was so shocked. So did they get to eat meat? They got to eat meat. Hey, they got to eat meat. They ate meat. And the Bible tells us when they're chewing meat in their mouth, those who complain, drop dead. Was it a blessing? Was it, was it a curse? You tell me. No meat. Got meat to eat. Blessing. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. God loves me. God endorsed my behavior. God endorsed my life. My life is okay. But when they're still eating, that which they complain and ask for, in their mouth, the Bible says, those who open their mouth to complain, drop dead. It's not that they didn't have food to eat. They have manna. You know you know what's, what's, uh, you know what's manna? I don't know what's manna because never I never tasted it. But it, it, it sounds very, 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 very nice, right? It's sweeter than chapati, better than roti canai, and it is free, fresh, collect, freshly collected every day. No need to put the fridge. The Bible in Numbers eleven said that they were enjoying all this, and they complained to God. They long for the demonic, ungodly covenant that they make with the Egyptian, Wow! Why do you want to go back to Egypt? What for? From a third party. Uh, it doesn't make sense. Uh. But those who are in it, they will sway. They were trying to push the trolley, but the trolley goes sideways. Because something is pulling them back. And so, this is one of the examples. There are other examples. We have no time for that. Okay, but we will, we will talk about it. And as we pray, all right, as we pray through this uh, season of times. My dear friends, the, how do we address this? We appeal to a more superior covenant. That is a covenant established on the blood of Jesus. The power of the covenant established on the blood of Jesus. Of whose who's coming we celebrate during, during uh, Advent, whose sacrifice that established this most superior, most powerful covenant of all time, we are celebrating today. It is not just a bread and wine, my dear friends. I used to think it's just bread and wine. When I was in church, uh, uh, you know, after being confirmed, all that, as I shared with us, that I repented from it so many times because I felt it was so. So con- uh, uh, contemptuous uh, towards God. Now, when the you know, even in in, uh, in in desert stream, we already shortened the celebration, uh, the prayer and all that. Now, if if you go to a a, a, a any Anglican church in our diocese, most uh, I would say, most they will they will go through the whole set of prayers after you know after the uh, the peace and all that. Now, that was the best time I would kneel in front of God and I go to sleep. Oh, hey, how cold you are! Know? Very, very tired. You know? The night before, late, of, uh, late nights. And he says, says, "Let's, uh, let us, let's program together. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Wow! I, I really wake up. Christ will come again. Then queue up for the bread and wine. Huh? eat already. And you know, a lot of people eat already." Before they receive the peace and the blessing, they here they take uh, or the altar they come home to the to the to the whole the holy table the holy, uh, altar here. Uh, holy table, they take it ready, they not go back, they don't go back to the seat, they go through to the door, through. They walk through the door. Except just to go there and take the bread and the wine and finish it off. Finish their godly Christian duty. But you know how powerful this covenant is that we have. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 20, 24. Let's read together. I'm going to go quickly. Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. He, was, he, he is the mediator of the new covenant. He's the one who pieced together, he's the one who, who put together this covenant on behalf of mankind, on behalf of you and I. When we receive Jesus, we step into this covenantal blessing that Jesus has established with his own blood. And that blood is so powerful. The blood of springing that speaks, it speaks, you see. The blood that established the covenant speaks, it has a voice that speaks. My dear friends, covenants speak to our lives. They are either for us or against us or our descendants. And our descendants, all countenance speaks. Let me just share this story with us, and then we will we will we will enter into the time of holy communion. Now it's not on the slides, huh? uh, Actually, it's okay. In First King chapter twelve, let me just just quickly capture the story because it's a very really long long passage. I'm not gonna read all. If you have if you have time, to time, you go back. Today you read First Kings chapter twelve and chapter thirteen. This king called Jeroboam, the king of Israel, right, the uh, the uh, the northern kingdom. And 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 then uh, in verse twenty five, then Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there. And he went out from there and built Peniel. And Jeroboam said to his heart, Now the kingdom may return to the house of David, if these people go up to offer sacrifices in the house of God, house of the Lord at Jerusalem. Then the heart of these people will turn back to their Lord, Rehoboam, king of Judah. And they will kill me and go back to Rehoboam, king of Judah. So he was trying to secure his political position. So what did he do? He built, in verse 28, he built two cows of gold, go, the, the golden calves, huh? the, uh, the, uh, the golden mumu, right? the golden calves, and said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel which brought you up from the land of Egypt. Wow, when I read this verse, I said, that Jeroboam, you are the king of Israel. Surely you have, you, have, you have heard the story about what Aaron did. When Moses up on the Mount Sinai, he was receiving the Rukun Nagara for the, the kingdom of God. God he was using his finger. It was a sacred moment. God was establishing a... A, a covenant with his people as a nation, as his king. He was his, their king. He, with his finger, he wrote the rugun Nagara. Gajan Allah. There was a sacred moment that was going on. Down there on the hill, the people said, hey, this Moses gone so long, we really don't know what, what he's doing. So, so, so Aaron said that, ayo, true, huh? So, he collected all the gold articles, he put it into the, into the furnace, and Aaron say, after Moses reprimanded him, he said, I don't know what happened. I collect all the gold articles. I put in the furnace. Voila, came out a golden calf. And that was his exact words. Out oh, it came a golden calf. And what did, what did Aaron say? This is your God? No, this is the God who let you out of Egypt. And that was the exact word the Jeroboam say to the people of Israel. Here are your gods, O Israel, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. You think, you think that you should have learned? You say, how come you're so sick up here? My, my dear friends, sometimes we are also so sick up here. Not because we are not smart. Not because we are stubborn. Because there is a demonic covenant calling out to our lives. And so that we want to push straight down to the trolley. Cannot. You need to go like that. There is a sway. So what happened? And they offer sacrifice, all the the rest of it. In chapter 13, And behold, a man of God from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord, and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. This is an ungodly covenant. It is is idolatry. It is abominable things in the eyes of God. It was detestable in the eyes of God. Then he cried out, then this, this, this man of God cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, Oh, altar, oh, altar. He speaks to the altar oh. Thus says the Lord, Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David, and on you he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense to you, and man's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day, saying that this is a sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart and ashes on it shall, come, shall be poured out. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard of the saying of the man of God who cried up against the altar in Bethel, he stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Arrest him. Then his hand, which he stretched out, stretched out against toward him, withered, so that he could not pull it back to himself. The altar was also split apart and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of God, then the, the king answered and said to the man of God, "Please entreat the favor of the Lord your God, not His God, lah, your God, and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me." So the man of God entreated the Lord, and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. Then the king said to the man of God, "Come home with me and refresh yourself. I will give you a reward." Then the man of God said, "No. You will give me half your house. I will not go in with you." You see, the story here is this: that this, it was not only. You know, how many of us know that when there is a physical sign that we can see in the physical realm, in the physical world, there is something that has happened in the spiritual world. The power of the altar, the power of idolatry, was 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 uh, was influencing the way the king Jeroboam behaved, and think, and say. What is the poor?" the pool of idolatry. He was not an unlearned man, but he was pulled towards that. And the man of God needs to come and address the very place where the covenant is established, the altar of God, the altar on battle, the idolatrous altar who worshipped the golden calf. And when he speaks... You know, the, the prophets can only speak what God has, is doing in the spiritual realm. There was a contention, there was a battle between two authors, the author of God and the author of the golden calf. In the spiritual realm, there is a godly covenant, there is an ungodly covenant. There is a godly covenant, there is a demonic covenant. When God's man, God's man of God came and began to address and challenge the power of the ungodly evil uh, covenants, it needs to be first broken before grace, restoration can come. Jeroboam stretched out his hand and his hand withered. All dried up. But when the when the when the altar is broken, the man of God prayed for healing. He was healed. But does it mean that God endorsed Jeroboam, no. Later on, this, this man of God said, I will not go to, your, go, go to your house even. You give me half your house. God is not done with you yet. Understand this in our lives. My dear friends, at the end of this year, I know that I just feel very strongly about it in the past two weeks. From the 26th of December right to the 1st of January, I'm 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 calling seven days of contending for the year of 2022. You say I don't know about you. 2022 can never be the same. Some of us have been struggling with certain issues. you're you are doing well in other areas, but certain nudging, kind of nagging issues in your life. You've been struggling until you you ask people to pray for you, and people pray, and then it doesn't go away. It could be a sickness. It could be an emotional uh, disturbance or whatever it is. Sometimes you say that, Lord, how come you don't, you know, we don't understand the revelation of God. We take, we take verses here and there and make a nice story out of it. I once say to people who, who come to our church, especially from a Chinese congregation, I'm not, I'm not going to share with you a nice inspirational story that makes you feel very really good on a Sunday morning, you go home, you feel very good, you go to sleep, you go back to Monday, life soon, go back to exactly the same it was before. And you cry out, you ask your pastor, cell leaders, your brothers and sisters, please pray for me. And every week, people will pray for you. Every month, people pray for you. And every year, pray for you. Exactly the same thing. It doesn't go away. It goes on for some, for months, for years. It goes on, for tens of years, for some. Are you tired? Tired no more. Don't be drawn into battles you're not, you're, you're not supposed to fight. Draw the battle line. Address the demonic covenant in your bloodline, in your life. Yesterday, was, you know we were just having this uh, Dyson's uh, prayer meeting and Canon uh, James Lee was saying that one of the intercessors, the mother... Pray also, intercessors. No, this intercessors are no joke. One, huh? Every morning, 6 o'clock, wake up and pray. Until one day they say, oh, What is going on? Nothing is changing. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, there, is, there are demonic countenance controlling, holding this land in bondage. The society wants to go in a particular way, not because we are a lack of intellectually competent people. No. We have, we have one of those best brains uh, best brains, uh, in the world. The Lord has been showing us. We have p- people who are Oxbridge trained, Harvard, and we have even one here in Sabah, who is a leader. No lack of brains. But as the Church of Jesus Christ, my dear friends, we have given power from on high. Are we tapping into it? If we do not tap into it, this land, our nation, has no hope. If we continue to pray, fight battles, little bit here and there, little bit here and there, not addressing the root of it, not challenging the root of all these idolatrous, demonic covenants and altars in our land, In your life, I'm talking about spiritual altars. Sometimes Christians become, you know, non-Christian but Christian, they they go to the house and take down the physical altar. What about the spiritual altars? Because what gives the altar the power is because of the covenant. People are not free. Their descendants are not free. When there is a worship lifted up to the idols, to the demonics, worship is being contented. Does it make sense? Our, our ancestor has dedicated the worship to the gods who are not gods. Idolatry. Part of the covenant, the ungodly covenant, the demonic covenants our ancestors with the demonics are that you will worship me, bring me a sacrifice and I will bless you. You break that covenant, wrath will be upon you. The enemy sometimes comes to his people, demand worship from Christian worship. Sometimes we, we 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 hear testimony and say that well, you don't worship you if you if you're involved in worship team and all that, be careful the enemy is gonna attack. Those are true naive presumptions. It doesn't mean that you have to be in the worship team to get attacked. You're not in the worship team, you don't get attacked. When there is a demonic covenants, the worship of our our ancestors has covenanted with the demonics, their worship, uh, the devil will come and demand worship from all all their uh, descendants, including us. So when we want to live out our life as a living sacrifice to the Lord, there is resistance. When we want to walk in victory, there is resistance. There is a pull, there is a sway at the wheel, pulling us to another different direction. If we do not fight it, it will continue to sway us and our descendants, our children, our children's children, our children, 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 because that covenant speaks, but we have a blood covenant the, established by the blood of Jesus that speaks of a more superior thing in some translation, a more superior things, more superior than the blood of Abel. The blood of a son. It speaks more superior, more powerfully. Today, align with the covenant of Jesus. In the, in the seven days, I, I, I encourage us to lay that apart. I know it's Christmas and all that, New Year Eve. All this, all this calendar are just, are, just, are just there to help us to, 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 to calculate time. But let us take hold of this before we enter into the gate of 2022. Contend for it. Contain at the gate. There will be seven days of a material which I will share with us and ask us to to, to pray. We'll come together at some, at some, at some point uh, to, to, to pray together, to put together, and we begin to address. Don't pray alang alang, my dear friend, seven days. Not a long time, huh? And begin to address all those demonic covenants that are holding us back, shaping our 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 behavior shaping our mindset and that of our descendants. Let us pray. My dear friends, let's come together and let's focus on Jesus because it is Him, it is Him that, who is our hope, Today we focus on Jesus in that on this advent. You know, Jesus speaks. He's more than just a friend, honestly. It's nice to imagine that, not not to imagine, but to see the reality of Jesus as a friend. Come alongside us. But he he has done more than that. He has established a covenant so powerful, so superior. And we tap into it. That's why we sometimes we pray that Lord cover us the blood of Jesus. As I often say that, what does it mean to cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus? Does it mean that we need to go around and looking all red? No. It is the covenant. It is the covenant. It is the covenant that speaks, to address the ungodly altars, ungodly covenants that can break us free from the ungodly covenants. That is who He is. Jesus is His name.